Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So uh, the UK is out of the European Union. Brexit is a fact of life, although for about a year, nothing much is going to change. Now Britain's going to be looking for new deals, new uh, trade agreements, and uh, how quickly that will come about, who knows? I guess their first in, uh, instinct is going to be to, or necessity is going to be to uh, create a working relationship with uh, with the EU, and then move forward from there. I'm also thinking about what the internal realities are in Britain, because we know there was a great division among uh, folks in the UK about Brexit. Certainly, uh, the uh, people in Scotland seem to want to f- stay within the European Union, and uh, in England, no, particularly in the north of England. So, to give us a perspective on all of this is our good friend, Professor Alan Sked, Professor Emeritus at the London School of Economics. He's also the founder of UKIP, and that's the political party which began the path to Brexit. Professor Sked, thank you very much for the time. And before I talk to you about Brexit and anything else, have you? Do you have any any really new news on that terror uh, attack in London today? No, no, I'm sorry. It's uh, I haven't been following it very much today on the news. I, I know it's happened, and that it's a terror incident, and several people were stabbed, and I think the perpetrator was shot dead. But that's really all I know. Okay. Can you just take us back to the beginning, before the referendum that David Cameron committed to cost him his prime minister's job? What was the main reason? What was the impetus for Brexit? Well, I think for for most of us, it was we got fed up being told what to do uh, by unelected bureaucrats in Brussels. I mean, we were in a system, basically, whereby we paid... Uh, between 10 20 billion pound a year to unelected foreign bureaucrats to make up laws many of which were against our national interests so um, basically the slogan was take back control and we wanted to take back control of our laws our taxes our borders and basically our destinies and to become a normal self-governing democracy where if the government got things wrong you could throw it out if the European Union got things wrong, there's nothing you could do about it. What do you say to the experts, quote-unquote, who continue to insist that the UK is is going to uh, lose traction internationally, that the British economy is going to struggle, that you'll really lose a significant amount of quality of life in Britain? What do you say to those people? Oh, it's all nonsense. I mean, I'm as big an expert as they are, and I can assure you that their dire predictions have so far come to nothing, um, and that the Britain will probably do a great deal better than the European Union. Uh, for example, since the European Union at the beginning of this century introduced the euro, its single currency, and Britain stayed out and kept the pound, uh, growth in the eurozone, that's the majority area of Europe where, which you 
producers in Europe, uh, GDP growth there between 2000 and 2018 was um, 26 percent, and uh, the growth in the United Kingdom cumulative was 44 percent. So you can see <laughs> we're not the ones really with the problem. And at the time of the referendum, the Bank of England, the Treasury, the IMF, everybody said that it would be a complete disaster, there would be a, an economic crisis immediately, we'd lose about 5% of GDP, half a million people would lose their jobs, house prices would collapse. Uh, and the opposite has happened. I mean, we've gained about a million jobs, we haven't lost any GDP. And since the referendum, in, uh, you know, the British economy has grown faster than that, that of uh, Germany or, or the Eurozone as a whole. So all the predictions have proved wrong, and all the predictions that they're still making, I think, will prove wrong. So for the next year, the reality or the uh, connection to the EU doesn't change much for Britain. It's after that time period. Um, what what does uh, the UK, how, what does Britain have to do now to create um, a really favorable economic reality for itself? I know you told, it has, you told us just now that Britain hasn't struggled. But looking forward, what are the priorities for uh, for Britain? Well, we would like to um, tie up loose ends with the, with the European Union, have a free trade treaty, basically like the one that Canada has with the EU. Uh, and uh, then we'd like to have free trade treaties with the United States, Japan, and all sorts of other parts of the world, and become a free trading uh, global nation. Uh, but most important is our sovereignty, and we now as an independent country are not going to do what the EU is now demanding, that we keep adhering to EU regulations and standards and allow the European Court of Justice uh, to uh, fine us or to adjudicate over us if and when there's a dispute. So that's not going to happen. And the EU is also saying that unlike the deal with Canada, if we make a deal, uh, we've got to somehow agree to regulations and to the supervision by the Supreme, by the European Court of Justice if there are disputes. And, you know, Canada wasn't told that and didn't have to undergo that, and Japan neither, so I don't see why we should. But there is still a feeling in Brussels that they really want to control Britain because they're desperately afraid that an independent Britain uh, offshore from the EU will be a major uh, economic competitor and will start undercutting the EU in terms of tariffs and free trade and all sorts of other things and uh, therefore it wants to keep us under control. It's not going to happen. Uh, Michel Barnier is treating Boris Johnson like Theresa May and he's in for a great shock. I think tomorrow Boris is about to lay down to the European Union that, uh, you know, as a sovereign independent country. We are not uh, interested in alignment. We are not interested in rule-taking. We're not interested in the, juridic the jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice uh, and that we want a free trade treaty and uh, you know, a simple one or a straightforward one like Canada or Australia. And if they're not prepared to concede that, uh, then there'll be no deal. We'll just have no deal with the European Union and we'll impose tariffs on their goods and vice versa under WTO rules. What happens internally? A lot of division over the EU. Scotland, England, Ireland, Northern Ireland. Wales is okay with it, but uh, what, what happens between England and Scotland now? 
Well, I mean, I'm Scottish, and uh, I'm uh, very happy for Scotland to remain part of the United Kingdom, uh, where it has great influence. Um, whereas it's got no influence at all in the European Union. Um, You're not concerned? Scotland voted to remain in the United Kingdom quite recently, in 2014, which is, what, just six years ago, uh, by a decided majority. And um, the leaders of the Scottish National Party at that time said that was a once-in-a-generation vote. Mm -hmm. Uh, They expected to win, but they lost. And now they want to try and reverse that, and uh, they don't have the power to do it. That uh, depends on Westminster and uh, and Downing Street. And Boris has said, we're not giving you the chance to hold a second referendum. Well, not at least for another 20, 30 years. And this, of course, is upsetting the SNP. But opinion polls in Scotland uh, show that there's no desire for a second. And the majority don't want the second referendum. Uh, And if one were held, um, uh, the, the, the... uh, the SNP would lose again. Alan, thank you for the time. Good speaking with you. And uh, this is what you uh, wanted. And, oh, yes, uh, indeed. I'm very happy. And three years after the referendum, it's happened. Thank you. Good talking thank to you. you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Professor Alan Sked from the London School of Economics. I like when he said, experts, I'm one of them. And he is. Professor Emeritus at the London School of Economics. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.